Hey everybody, before we get started today, we have some vital news for Apple Podcast listeners. In case you haven't heard, Apple recently did another update. This update kicked a lot of our followers off the show and paused notifications for new episodes. It even happened to some of our own team members, so you definitely want to check out your settings. To see if this happened to you, open your podcast app, search for the 200% Life, and select the show page. In the top right corner, you may see either a follow button or a pause symbol. Tap either one of those to make sure you are following the show and getting new downloads. This really helps you by making sure new episodes show up in your feed so you never miss an episode. It also makes sure new episodes are downloaded to your phone so you can listen to them when you're not connected to Wi-Fi. It's also really helpful to us. When you follow the show, the algorithm helps us spread the 200% life philosophy to new listeners. This is true for other platforms as well. So while you're at it, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or another favorite platform, please be sure to hit the follow, subscribe, or like button. This helps us reach new listeners and teach them how to use business as a conduit for their personal growth. And as always, we'd love to hear any questions you'd like us to cover on the show. Maybe it's a situation you're struggling with personally, or a topic you think would be helpful to a friend. You can drop your questions in the Q&A box in the show notes on Spotify, or you can email us at hello at adamhergenrother.com. And don't forget to turn on your notifications to be alerted when we cover them. Hey everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. I am joined by my chief of staff, Hallie. Hallie. Super excited actually today because we've been having wonderful conversations this morning and the uh, wonderful topic of money versus happiness. That just opens up a whole fun thing. Um, and we're actually recording this the day before Thanksgiving, so it's kind of interesting um, that, you know, you're because there's a lot of conversations that, you know, politics to money to those things are taboo or not taboo or talk about it. And I, I just think it's such a, a powerful conversation. And what kind of got us on this, um, well, one is I think we, we, we talk a lot about personal growth in our organization. And personal growth means how is your relationship with money? Um, That's one component. One personal component growth. of personal growth. And I think it's, um, I think it's really, it's really interesting because, there's this, particularly in, in North America, or I guess any kind of more Western states, if you will, there is this absolute drive for money, thinking that is, this is kind of the basis of what I think about it, is people think that they're going to have more money and they're going to be more fulfilled. That's like, period. Like, that's, that's, I think that's a lot of people are culture, we culturalized to think that way. The more money that I have, the more I'm going to be fulfilled. Now, there's a bunch of byproducts from that. The more money that I have, the more things I can buy, then I'm going to have more power, and then I'm going to be more fulfilled because I have more power. I'm going to have more things, and I can be able to give more money away, or I can hire more people, or I can not have to do all these different things. Those are all options, which are better to have options. But I, I think I was just going to say, I don't love the word fulfillment there. Can we talk about that? Uh, yeah. I feel like happiness is a Fulfillment to me means more of that deeper fulfillment and, and joy, well, I, which I, I think is very different than happiness. Well, depends on how you want to define things. And okay. I think that's what you're trying. All I'm saying is I think most people believe that finding money is going to fulfill them. Okay. I see what you're that's saying. What, that's the point of saying and using the and word fulfillment does, instead can, of happiness. It can make you happy. I actually think it can make you happy, yes. not fulfilled. I agree. Yes. So that's, okay. that's kind of where I'm I was going you. with that yeah. is money. Most, but most people have this perception that the more money that I have, the more fulfilled I'm going to okay. be. Yes, fair. And, and meaning that like, 
when I get to, and this can be for anything, but let's just keep it in this conversation for money. Like the more money that I have, if I'm making 20 grand, once I make 50 or 75, and we're going to go through some, some numbers here and then a hundred. And if I get to 500, I'm going to be, Oh man, it's going to be the most amazing. My life's going to be, I'll be, finally happy. I'll be, I'll fulfilled. be fulfilled or ha- really when people say happy, like I'm going to be fulfilled for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that, and people find out it's just not the case. Right. It's just not the case. Now, People are always sitting there and they're saying, well, that's great for you. I just want to be those experiences or anybody they're saying, saying those things too. But the thing is, is you can be your own psychologist here and you can go back and say, think about the time we first started earning money. Like my first job was at McDonald's. I was 15 years old and I thought making seven seventy five an hour was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, if I can just get to $15 an hour, man, my life's going to be incredible. Oh, and that was, it was that in high school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, I worked in retail in college, and I was like, this is the best. I can go out with my girlfriends after work. I have my own apartment. have my own car. Yeah. What else do I need? Yeah. <laughs> like, life was great. I, and so, like, then people get caught, um, for, well, at least for me, I was like, well, how do I get more money? And then, because this already feels good, so if I get more, it's going to double the feeling. Oh yeah. And yeah. so it's like that people, it's, it's yeah, I know <laughs> it definitely is. And so it's like, I, when I was growing up with this, it was like, okay, well, great. So if I just double the seven seventy five an hour, then I'm going to double the feeling that I have. And what's funny is then, then when you, then we get there, like, oh, I'm at $15 an hour. You're like, okay, where is it? It's like, you're waiting for it to come in on a plane or something, yeah. or like to be like brought down by the heavens to give you this feeling. And the reality is you get to that point and you go, it's not there. Well, and then, then in that moment when we recognize it didn't happen or if it happened temporarily, it, went, it starts going away, your mind then goes a hold and goes, well, I know what is going to fulfill you. You need to double that number. More, yeah. You need more. You need to search. You can no, no longer 50 grand a year. You need a hundred. In fact, once you get to a hundred and then you're like, eh, then you get to a hundred or close to it and you go, I need 250. It's going to be 250. Then it gets 250. It's 500 and it's a million. It just never ends. It just doesn't unless you understand. Now there's nothing wrong with getting any of these things. So we're going to talk about that, but to think, and I'll let you go into, but to think for any moment that after a certain number that you make, which we're going to talk about is going to bring you a, a, a significant increase in your fulfillment is, is wrong. It doesn't work. It's not that it's wrong. Let me just rephrase that. It's not that it's right or wrong. It just doesn't work for what you're looking for it to do. It's a better way of saying it. Yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. That's okay. But um, it this made me think of the Will Smith book that just came out and how he was the top earning movie star of like all time, at least yeah. during the time when yes. he was really famous, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. And it was like I Men mean, in Black, Independence Day. Yeah. Of money. Yeah, yeah. Like millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And he was still not happy. He was miserable. Yeah. And he and tried he, to mask like, it even more and yes, more and more. Buying more things yes. or creating more experiences. And yes. then he, I, the part that really struck me was when he woke up and he was, I think he was like looking at around his family and he was like, they are all, they are all unha- really unhappy too. They're all miserable. Yeah. And he's like, and, and he actually does this in like a, a red table conversations with red table Jada, red, red table talk, where he's like, they share that story where it's like, I worked all this stuff. I bought you. He's, he's like, I bought He Actually, the conversation goes, is like, Jada goes to Will and goes, Will, like, we have this island. What do we have? And Will's like, we have the freaking island. Yeah. What are you talking about? We had the island. And she goes, but we have nothing between us. Yeah. But he's like, we have the island, right? It's kind of, right. and that's, that's the perception that a lot of us get into. Is that thinking that at some point that like, okay, there's going to be the reason it's not the actual money. That was kind of my fulfillment point. Once you get you, like, when I get to a hundred thousand, it's not the actual money. 
mm-hmm. what you're thinking is that there's going to be a feeling of how I feel, either a worth feeling or a significance feeling, a power feeling, some sort of feeling that's going to come from having that new dollar amount. It's actually not the dollars themselves. They're just the, they're the indirect way of saying, I want to feel more significant. Therefore, I'm going to go make more money. What about when somebody says, well, I just want to feel safe and secure. Great. And so there's a certain number that people can reach to. That's a hundred percent true. If you're making 10 grand a year in your family, more money is and every truly, day yes. fear of whether or not you can feed your kids or that, that is make a, a car yes. payment. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. That's real. Yeah. But that's most people's lives. That's not it. And I would actually argue that that getting to that point of whatever that income is to fulfill those needs is not actually a happy feeling. It just ends up making you feel security, secure or, yeah. or safe or relieved. Yes. It's not actually like this euphoric feeling of happiness or joy or yes. fulfillment. Yeah, and that's like the hierarchy of needs, right? That first one is the psychological needs, meaning you have air, food, shelter, or Ph- water. Physiological. Physiology, sorry. Yeah. Physiological. Yes. yes. <laughs> Struggled that word. Um, but the, 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 when you have those needs met, like if you go and you're underwater and you don't have air. I, I promise you, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You're going to want air, right? Mm-hmm. So at that same level. And then your safety needs, right? That's more about the predictability of being able to fund food for your life, right? To have a shelter, to have police and schools and business and, and hospitals. Health. Um, health. Yeah. Again, freedom from fear of like, and that fear isn't like psychological, like, hey, is this like Ferrari going to look good on me. Right. It's more of that fear of like, Hey, um, like I can't literally like pay to have food. That's right, a different fear. Thinking, will I be able to pay the hospital? Pay the hospital bills. Absolutely. Yeah. So in this conversation that we're having money versus happiness, um, there is an element in yeah. that. And what's that number? Well, the research says that it is $75,000 yes. annual household, annual. household income. And that was a global number. Yes. Um, I know, I know when we shared that we had some pushback, like, well, that doesn't, that's not going to work in San Francisco or that's not, yes, it is an average number. And maybe that number ends up being a little bit higher depending on where you live. But if that, I mean, I suppose if it was an issue, you could move to a place where 75,000. Yeah. And actually, and actually there's a lot of people that like, what's that guy's name? No, Mr. Money Mustache, but that's a great example. Ramit. He talks about when he's actually meeting with clients, one of the first things he says is you may have to move. Right. I mean, that's literally one of the first recommendations. If they're having a problem, they're going, you're making six grand a month, but you're spending $4,000 on it and you're housing stuff. Why don't you move over here that way you're paying 1200 and now you're all of your psychological and safety needs have now been met. Right. And they're, again, they're always, yeah, and I'm not, we're not telling that, anybody what yeah, to do. We're just trying don't to always work but. totally. But like there, there are, there is those components. I also think the 75,000 is global. I think in the United States, it was 95,000. Globally, this is the research from Gallup poll. Globally, we find that satiation, like life satiation occurs at 95,000 for life evaluation and 60 to 75 for emotional well-being. Yeah. So, so what yeah. does it mean? Like the satiation means like you're going out to dinner, you're taking your vacations, like you have some time off, like you're not worried about a lot of those things. Like it's more of like you're actually being able to experience life. Because one of the things we saw in the, when we shared this, people go, I want to experience life. Well, then experiencing having that satiation point, meaning that like after a certain point of taking, like how many trips can you take, right? Before they get boring, that satiation kind of standpoint. And that's about $95,000. Yes. So let's just, you can even somewhere between 62 and $95,000, probably depending on where you are. Now, what's really fascinating about that is, is as a household income, right? That's, that's that kind of you're secure. So it's funny to think that anything above those numbers, we have this perception that 
anything, if I get to 150, how much different my life is going to be. And it may be part of it is because going from zero to 100, every step of the way, you do feel a little bit different. Mm. There is this element, when you go from making 50 grand to 100 grand, you now have a completely different life. Yes. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so when you go from 50, you're basically, sure, maybe you can afford to pay for everything, but you're not really going anywhere, right? You're not doing much. You're not going out to dinner. When you're at 100, that all becomes additional disposable income for you to experience and do things in life. That's why it's like whatever those, those if you call it 40 or 50 grand of for your house and your taxes and all those things, in right? In the U.S., the median necessary living wage in the U.S. is $67,690. As a household, as an income, right? As a household. Yes, that's yes. like necessary living. Yes, um, the median household income in 2019 was 65,712. So, right around that same. Right point, around yeah. that. So we're talking about 75. You do start feeling like it's I'm taking care of my family. Yeah, and, and it's every dollar goes to the bottom line for profit. And I say profits in business, but it goes to your like spending, whatever you want to do with it. So when you get to 75, 85, 95, that's all money that you can go do things with. And I guess my and 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 Hallie and I are, and certainly neither of us are saying like, don't go out and try to make a billion dollars or a million dollars. We're not saying any of that. We're just clarifying that it won't necessarily make it's, you happy. It's not going to make you happier after you're already taking your one or two trips a year and you're doing it. Taking a third trip, I promise you, isn't going to make you that any happier. It isn't an experience. Yes. I'm not, we're not talking about experience. We're, we're saying, is it going to actually make you more fulfilled by taking that third vacation? Probably not. Right. And, and actually I'm reading the Ramit book again. And what I like about it the most is that it's completely it's different for every person like for me like travel might not be my thing yeah but for other people that is absolutely what is going to make them feel fulfilled and connected to different cultures and humanity and experience life with their family and whatever um but being very selective about where you do spend your money to bring you the most fulfillment you know it's interesting uh, i i ask this question a lot about my life like where it really brings fulfillment and um i actually get i actually get a lot more joy joy or fulfilled um i say a lot more is not the right word i actually have just as much joy by going out and going for a run or skiing with my kids that's there i may buy some equipment with my money than i do going on a new vacation yeah, and you know, actually, I never, haven't actually really thought about it until you just said this, but for me, what the, the things are, like where I want to be able to have like excess money so that I can spend it is being able to see my family whenever I want and doing things with them and books. Yeah. I will never say no to a book. Well, it's like, the, it's like your rich life. Yeah, that is basically my rich life. And that's and yours is different than mine, and, yeah. and people listening is going to have a different one. Yeah. Like, you know, for Sarah, it's really interesting. We got a nanny to help her out. We have three kids in that age, and it was there to help her out. We wanted to try it. Um, and it didn't really work out for us. It's not a bad program. It just didn't work out for us. But we actually, it was really a great exercise, because what I got to do is we got to sit down and say, and Sarah got to figure out what does she really want and value. And what it came down to is we were spending, call it two grand a month for uh, a nanny, um, through their program, what she really wanted to is somebody to bring the food already prepped and made once a week for, for at least four meals. So guess what? We went and did that instead, and it was three hundred and fifty dollars a week. So I actually ended up saving money, and that's actually what she was really looking forward to was was having it already done, so she could actually spend more time with the kids, not necessarily somebody there doing those different things. Mm, and yeah. the second component was is um, her and I both both like having clean cars. 
Yeah. It's just something that we do. So we found somebody to actually come once a week and clean our vehicles because if I don't really allow eating in my car, but Sarah says she doesn't, but then she lets our kids eat yeah, all the so time. You can really keep the kids from eating in the car. You can in ours, on. but like she doesn't. And so like every week she gets in there and she, she walks into her car every day and goes, I need to clean this. And so for her, that's a stressor. So now she knows when she wakes up like every Tuesday, we're going to have somebody there. And so she doesn't have to worry about cleaning it. Mm. And it's $75. Yeah. So it's not like it's a big expense compared to the income, right? But I'm not saying everyone needs to go do that, but that's for us. We figured out that was two really important things for her and it wasn't the other component of it. Yeah. But we, I think you have to experiment with what it is that you're really looking for and then it helps you get more clear on this. And sometimes you do have to go on that expensive vacation because it's what you either, I mean, you don't have to, but I'm just saying like, I've been guilty of that before. Like this it's going to be the best vacation ever. And we invested a decent amount of money into it. And then we're like, why did we really do yeah. this? It wasn't exactly what we expected. I mean, we, of course we still had fun. No, exactly. But we were like, you know, I think, I think we might just stay home next year. Well, part of that is, is you have this expectation that since I'm yeah. spending 20 grand on it, I'm just making it up. I don't know what you spend, right? 20 grand on a vacation, right? That it's going to be that much better. Right. But it doesn't happen that way. Right. It, it doesn't. Yeah. We, and that, that's the point that we're trying to make here is yeah. that any of these things you think, it doesn't mean you don't have fun. Right. It's just now you have an expectation time. that, yeah. oh, I'm spending more money. It's going to be good. There's a... I wouldn't have necessarily known that though, unless I experienced yeah, exactly. some of it and was like, okay, you know, I did yeah. this I twice. Yeah. The second time wasn't nearly as good as the first. And then I don't think I need to do it again. Yeah. And so if you're sitting here listening going, well, you need money to do these and test these things out. That's why we're saying $95,000, somewhere between yeah. 75 and 95. Now, right. if you're going, I don't have any money outside of that, then you most likely have fixed expenses that need to be more in control of those things. Because one of the, the pushbacks, people are like, oh, you need to, you need to have money to experience things. And, and they're going, well, what are you spending your fixed costs on? And that's when people right. are waking up and going, well, I've got a $4,000 a month mortgage payment. Well, if we take $75 a week to clean a car, 350 per week, that's $400. That is $1,600 a month. So if that's what really mattered and the house mattered less, right, at least in our situation, then we can make the decision, well, why don't we have a smaller house and have these things? And Sarah would go all day long to take that. We can, yeah. we, we have a nice house, but we could, we've lived, and you know this, we've yeah. lived in everything from, you know, 400 square foot apartments to even when we had the money to do it, we lived in, for two, two and a half years, we lived in a, you know, a, a normal below average uh, price house a couple years ago mm-hmm. um, for the, the market that we're in. And we had just as much fun doing those things yeah. than we were in the house that we're in now. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that we're not, I'm not saying go do those things that it matters. It's just, you know, you're not going to have a dip to think like Bill, uh, Bill Gates said it really well. He goes, um, I don't feel any different. Well, I, he didn't actually say this. He, what he said was, yes, I have 15 rooms in my house. I can only sleep in one of them. And Michael Singer said it this way. He actually said, you know, Bill Gates doesn't feel any different when he walks into his house after a couple, after it's done, then you walk into yours. And that is the truth. No matter what house you have, you get comfortable with it and you don't feel any, or car, any of those things. You don't feel any different. So the point is don't, it's not that you shouldn't go out there and strive to have a nicer car or to have a nicer house or to take another vacation. Just don't get caught up in thinking that, that by spending more money on a car house or vacation or whatever it is, is going to inherently create more joy or fulfillment in my life. That is where that doesn't work. And so what you have to do is you can say, well, this is great. I can go out there and I can have these options. I'd rather have more options than not. Most people would. But there also comes a point. Actually, wasn't it in the article where it talked about after about $250,000 in income, actually the happiness went down 
Um, I don't remember. Yeah, it was in one of the ones stat, that you sent yeah. to me for preparation of this. Um, it actually, I remember just highlighting that stat being like, wow, that's so fascinating. After around 250,000, it actually went backwards, which is really Why? fascinating. Why? Well, I think because of the fact that when you're making $250,000, you can pretty much do what you want. Okay, you're not on a yacht, but you get the point, right? You can pretty much do what you want. And I think you realize that all these things that I really wanted, I'm doing, and they're not actually bringing more joy to me. And so therefore you actually, I think you go backwards going, if this doesn't work, then what does? Mm -hmm. And that's the point of this conversation to go, why don't I just go do the inner work, right? Of why can't you have the joy that's already right in front of you? Right. And that's, that's a deeper conversation, but the whole, this whole money thinking that it's really what, cause really what you're looking for, right? Hallie, is that if you're looking, when you're going to do these things, we talk about the, the significance or power or, or whatever that is, you're actually looking for a feeling inside and it's impossible for something outside to make you feel good inside. Now, temporarily it does, right? It does. Like when you first meet somebody, you're head over heels, you may be in love up to, you know, beyond your head in capacity in love with the person. How long does that really last for? Six months, a year? I don't know, right? Until it gets, I'm not saying, no, I'm saying that initial, I'm not saying you're not in love with the person. I'm saying that initial like euphoria, like I would drop everything, nothing else matters for this person. I don't know. I'm just, I still have that. Well, I'm just, but like you, there comes a point and it's not that you don't have love for the person. That's not what I'm saying. And I want this to take it out of context that way. (laughs) But like, it's like when you first meet somebody, there's a different energy. Well, I feel like you're obsessed. Yes. And it stops becoming just, uh, content. Even, I don't know if that makes sense. You know, it's a tricky subject to kind of bring words to, but like it's, it's, it's when you first meet somebody like they're like, you're like, you could get fired and you wouldn't care. Like there's just so much, you just don't care. You can, as long as I'm with this person, you can do it. It doesn't mean that your love isn't stronger. That's not what we're saying. It's just, or the same thing, like maybe another example would be, is like when you buy a car and you buy the car thinking it's going to give you, which I did many times in my life, I've bought in cars thinking yeah. that they're going to bring me a different level of value or a different level of significance or a different level of love. And really what I was looking for was a feeling inside and you get it. And for maybe a week you feel it. And then all of a sudden you go, Oh, that's it. It's just there. And it goes away. And so that's what you shouldn't ever make the mistake of going out there looking for something more with the expectation that's going to change the way you feel. And if the question is that, well, then it does, it does temporarily for most things in your life. Right. And then you're just always chasing. The and next. then you just chase and you'll play that game forever. And that's what people do. You know, um, I had, uh, I had breakfast with a, one of the wealthiest people in Vermont and he was telling me, this was a few years ago, but, um, you know, he was saying that he had, a um, he just came back from a benefit for with Warren Buffett and there was a hundred billionaires in the room. And this is just such a great story that I always hold on to and share, um, is that he was there and he said he was talking with Warren and, and he's friends with the guy. And, and, and he said, he looked around and he goes, 97 out of a hundred of these billionaires were absolutely miserable. Three of them were not, it was him, Warren and, and some other guy. And so I said, well, why are the night? Cause I actually told him, I said, I'm going to be a billionaire. And what he said to me, he looked back, he goes, why do you want that? And then he told me that story. This was probably 2012. And uh, I was like, well, because I'm going to go do it. I have a good answer, actually. I just said stuff <laughs> <laughs> that sounded good, right? And uh, and he was like, he could tell clearly. He was like, well, and he goes, let me tell you a story. And that's when he said, I, I was down, just down there like last week. It just happened. And he goes, I was down there with 100 billionaires and 97 of them were absolutely miserable. And he goes, these guys have added so much value to the world. They've created um, f- the drugs that have saved kids' lives. They've created patents of computer systems that have created so many jobs. They have their names on seven different hospital wings. 
outside, externally, they've done everything right, but inside they're absolutely miserable. And they're miserable because they keep thinking, and he, this is exactly what he told me, he didn't say in the same way, because they keep thinking that by getting the next hospital or the next something, that it's going to change the way they feel. And so they play this game their entire life instead of going, I'm going to go do the next thing, but I have no, I'm very clear that that's not going to bring me this new level of joy. And that's all we're trying to say here is that go out and do that. Go buy whatever car you want or yacht you want or vacation you want or house you want. That's fine. But don't ever do it thinking that the next one is going gonna, is gonna to be there. There is no arrival point in your life. The arrival point can be a choice point. That's just what I, I like to think of it that way. People say, have you ever arrived? I go, no, my only arrival is choice. And that's just really what I want. Meaning, meaning what? The you choice. You can have choices. Yeah, like because there is no arrival point money-wise. Got it. Okay. And it's just more of like choice. And options. it's just options. Like, yeah, those are great. And so, but, so whenever we go out and do something and it's like, it's like, you know, like you can go out and, and start another business or you grow a certain business or whatever those things look like in your life, we're not going to stop doing that. We get laser focused on the goals. We get relentless around those things. We push those things forward. I'm just very clear that none of that, whatever the, the rewards come to me personally from that are going to change the fulfillment that I can have in this moment. And that the, how you start there is just accepting exactly where you are. That's the, that's the starting position for all of this is to just have you truly accepted where you are. And if you can accept that, then you can go out there and play with the world, right? But there's just no ever arriving point. Can we um, read yeah. some of what our audience shared with us yeah, when we asked them this question? I just think it's kind of, some yeah. of it's interesting and little maybe different perspectives. And then also I'd love to hear your thoughts on what some of these people said. So what we asked them was, can money buy happiness? Money versus happiness. Where do you stand? Can money buy happiness? And here's just a couple of um, examples. Money gives me time because of leverage and investments. I pour that extra time into my son in all sorts of ways and the occasional really long bike ride. Money makes me a better parent, not because I can buy him more stuff, but doesn't need, he doesn't need, but because it gives me the one thing all kids want, our time and attention. You want me to keep going? Yeah. I was going to say, I, w- I would argue that that money is giving that person options. So does it buy happiness? I don't know if it buys happiness. It buys a feeling I guess I would go back to the question of what, what prevents you from doing that now? Right. In, investments, which give him... No, no, no. Returns. Before you even had any of those things, right? Because again, uh, we're, what, what, what prevents you from actually doing that now? Making the additional time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Good question. I'm going to keep going. Um, if money, if the money made above your happiness amount is in placed in investments in residual producing assets and your ability to no longer work or truly do daily with your life as you want, that can be happiness. Um, if work-life balance is already achieved, then that can be happiness. Only the individual can decide what makes them happy. Happy. Happiness is also a feeling that isn't as high as the low of defeat. When we hit our goals, we usually make them bigger, even if we try to achieve them in less time and effort. That's true. Yeah, you do, but you should never, you should never, there's nothing wrong with having a bigger goal. Just don't ever think that that goal is going to, it's going to give you a reward externally, but it's not going to change the way you feel internally. And that's just, the, that's the slightest difference that people don't understand here. Is that there's there's nothing that you're gonna do. There's nothing wrong. You should go out there and build goals and have those and have a, a an exciting future that you're creating. But don't lose the fact that you're in this moment and you can have gratitude in this moment. You can actually have that same joy on your way to doing it. Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about this when people ask this question because it comes up a lot. What am I supposed to do? Just not do anything, right? I'm just gonna hang out. And he goes, No. The whole point is is if you're going to the bathroom instead of focusing on getting in the bathroom, why not enjoy the walk to the bathroom? If you're focused on a goal of making a billion dollars or a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, that's awesome. Why not enjoy and have fulfillment 
every step of the way. If you're trying to get more time with your kids, great, a wonderful goal, go do that. Why not go out and enjoy and have the same level of fulfillment now? What's Here's the thing is, what is stopping you from actually having that now? Nothing. You just perceive that until I have that and I have more time, which by the way, most people that have more time, I don't know if they actually... I'm not going to get into it. Like, I don't know how much they actually spend it a hundred percent quality with their, with their kids or something that they say they value. Like just, I'm not so sure I'm not going to answer that for anybody, but there's something for you to ask yourself, right? If you actually had more time, how much would it actually go into with your kids? Because your kids, they want your time, but they want your real time. Mm-hmm. But I know like my kids That's don't need me their quantity. eight hours yeah. of the time doing that quality over quantity. Yeah, in fact, it's actually probably not good for them to be. But I, here's what I will do. I will like yesterday, I brought my son in here because he's a time off and he sat with me. I had 13 appointments yesterday and he came in and out. I let him go. He was on meetings with like important people. He's listening to the conversation. I'm like, I'm spending time. Then we'd stop. I had five minutes. I said, what'd you learn from this? What'd you take away from this? So what's, what's the question, right? It's, that's kind of go back to it. Anybody can do it now. Just don't ever think that something in the future, you can find that today. Money sure makes finding peace and happiness a whole lot easier. Again, I think that's an illusion. As long as those, as long as, again, we're going in the prep. Yes, exactly. We're not talking about you have any money and you're in Afghanistan. That's a different conversation. I agree that money would buy a lot of happiness and a lot of joy and a lot of freedom. Absolutely. It might not buy happiness. It may buy, um, a sense of security, the, the, the psychological needs or the physiology, physical, physical, why can't I say that word? Physiological. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to go to you every time I can say that. It's that word, um, or safety needs. Yes. We're agreeing on that. Remember we started the preface of saying that you're starting at $75,000, $65,000 or more. Yes. And then, and I do agree, like if those needs are not met, it does, it's some, it could be very difficult to go. Yes work on your inner joy and peace totally. and personal growth. I agree with that. Yeah. 100%. Not impossible, but very, very difficult. Yeah. I can give examples of people that have no money that do that, but Correct. however, I'm not saying that it's not more, it's, yes, is it easier to do it when you have more yes. money? Absolutely. 100%, yeah. But the thing is, is what's preventing you from doing, if you recognize, you say, well, I'm only making 30 grand a year and I can't enjoy my life. That's an illusion. Mm-hmm. You can say, I'm going to go work to get to a hundred thousand, but I'm going to start enjoying my life right now. Right now. Yeah, I totally agree. I liked this, um, what this person said, money provides the lifestyle I desire. Happiness is a state of mind I choose to live in regardless of how much money I have. Totally. Yeah. It's all, I agree. Yeah, I like that one. The, the, the whole, we're not, these are all right statements. There's yeah. no right or wrong here. Nobody's nobody saying you're right or wrong. My whole point of saying this in this conversation, because people get so lost in thinking that some future event, some future dollar amount in this particular case is going to bring me a higher level of joy. That does not work. That's all we're saying. Yes. Will having more money give you more options? Who wouldn't want more money to a certain extent? Right? Great. Who wouldn't want more options? Adi Shanti, who's a big spiritual teacher, he talks a lot about this and he said, of course, I'm walking down the street and he's like, who wouldn't want more options? But sometimes more options. That's why I think it's the 250 or above starts to actually go the other way. Because yeah, I think at I some point that. you can actually get too many options. And you're going, where do I spend my money on? I have too many houses. What houses do I go to? Right. Or I have like all these investment options. Which one do Which I, do I go into? Now I need to have a whole team of an investor and a accountant and a, maybe not a 250, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. at some point you have, then you have a whole team that you have to manage. And um, yeah, my, I, somebody else in money makes life easier. What do you think about that? Up to a point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's all, that's why we're, we started off yeah. by saying, this isn't saying that like, we agree that if you're making six grand a year, going from six grand to 50 grand, yes, your life will be better. Mm-hmm. 
there's, there's, there, there'll be a different question about it. It still doesn't mean if you're making six grand that you can't actually enjoy exactly where you are, but you can start building it up there. Yes, money will make your life better up to a point. Then at the point is what we're saying, and it hits it. And that's the research. There's over a million people that are studying that, yeah, that like Gallup. 1. 1. 7. 7. Yeah. And it basically, and from all around the world, to all different walks of life, it's that sixty-five to $95,000 a year. You're going to hit a satiation point. And so, the, and then again, once you hit 250, I forget which article that I read it in there, yeah, basically it starts to deteriorate. Not a lot, but it starts to deteriorate. So the point is, is like money is, can buy you joy and happiness to work, to do those things up to a certain point. But then after that, it's almost irrelevant. I don't see it's irrelevant. That's not the right word. It just doesn't work for what you want it to do. It can do a bunch of other things, mm-hmm. which is great, which is, yeah. And so you just, then you can, then you go on, have fun with your things. Just don't think that any of those things are going to contribute to your well-being. That's, that's where people get lost. They get so caught up in thinking, okay, if I just get to this next level, and then the other thing that plays in here too is like once you get to a level, you kind of like take a step into like a new level of income brackets and you kind of look around. And this is the funny thing that kind of goes around with this. And I've experienced this in my own life. Every time you take a step to a new income bracket, you think you're like going to be like this thing. And also you look around and you realize, oh, but they're not buying a yacht. It's like, I just had a boat before, but now it's over here and now I got to go this. But- I just was like, but that's not everybody. No, it's not. I'm just saying a yeah. lot of people they'll okay. get caught in, in, and then, and then comparing themselves. Yeah. It's also like what Warren Buffett said one time, we played this for our project you group when he was like his, his family, he's like, you know, you give somebody $2 million and they're ecstatic and they're absolutely happy. And they find out their coworker got 2 million and one and they're fucking pissed. <laughs> it's literally what he said. And it's yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing. Like two seconds ago, you were so ecstatic about the amount of money that you're making. And then all of a sudden you step over and realize they did it. Yeah, and they, and now all of a sudden you're now, pissed now you're because losing. they, yeah, now you're losing. Yeah, and so that's why it's not the money; it was the feeling that you got from having the two million dollars in that example. Then all of a sudden you're going, "Oh, I feel amazing! This is great! I'm I'm rewarded for it!" And you find out the person got a little more, and you go, "Oh, this doesn't matter anymore." Yeah, that's what happens, and that's why every time you take that step, you're gonna. There's always somebody that's it's gonna be wealthier than you. Even Jeff Bezos, there's princes that are wealthier than him, right? Yeah, I mean, there's always somebody smarter, better looking, yes. richer, wealthier, everything, everything than you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And they make it look better on Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I say you know that's I still I know we use it for our organizations, but I you know we don't we we're, we're not huge social media users. Oh, good. In our company. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we're yeah. Just, just I was just saying because. That's not our, one of our preferred traction channel yeah. methods. We'd yeah. rather do stuff like podcasts, and content. content. Yes, where you can actually... Um, which get, we can share on social, but you know, that's yeah. just not our... Yeah, um, yeah you said that You said that well like a year ago. You told me that you, you reminded me, you're like, you're not a social media guy, you're a content guy. Or like you were saying in reference to even both of us. And yeah. I said, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. We're more content. Yeah, you're not trying to be... Um, you're not a personality, yes. per se. Yeah. <laughs> you have a personality. Yeah, no, I get it. I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, you're not an entertainer. Yeah, when it comes to like, or I, I also just don't like the falseness of social media. That's why I just, I, I, it can be very real if done. I mean, some properly. people do it really oh, totally. well. I get yeah. it. I'm sure there are. So I'm and sure and people it. are going to be sitting here going like, Instagram, I, like yeah. that is my jam. But I do yeah. prefer like longer form, um, more researched content. Yeah. And I think that we both appreciate that more, whether again, it's podcasts, blogs, books, yeah, um, webinars where we're yeah. training on one specific topic. It, that's just, that's just how we prefer to communicate. 
So here's the exercise you can do. One, we did a whole episode on the, on the rich life. Go back and listen yes. to that if you want to listen to there. That was a popular one. Um, the uh, the second thing, so kind of determine what does your rich life look like? I gave examples of just in our life, it was, it was you know, somebody cleaning for $75 and having our food brought in for three fifty, right? Whatever those things are. Mine is buying the hardcover book as soon as it comes out at Barnes & Noble. Perfect, right? Somebody else <laughs> may be having fresh flowers delivered because yeah. this vibrancy, that was actually Tim Ferriss's. He actually talked about oh, that. He? Yeah. yeah, he said like yeah. my, my rich life actually, and Tim can probably afford most things. And he's like, I actually just really enjoy having fresh flowers mm -hmm. like and it's just little things that kind of is there so think about your rich life and number two what's your relationship with money because everybody has a relationship with it to say that you don't have a relationship with you is probably the one that you're just glaringly not seeing mm -hmm. so then this is the time to go and say what is my relationship we you and i were just having a conversation i have a relationship with money that and you could it's not bad you just right. become aware of it and you go oh see I'm trying to get stuck over here or whatever that is right. everyone has something it's that i don't like money i don't want it that's just as much egoic as it is to go out there and buy a plane and, and, or like the Grant Cardone's, which is his whole model. And again, he's got actually, he's, he's got good content. I'm not saying his stuff's yeah. not bad. It's just, he attracts somebody in like his, his videos is him getting out of a Rolls Royce into a brand new plane. And you can have this mm -hmm. if you follow my fifth. I didn't it's just, yeah. so, but some people want those things. Totally. Yes. Totally. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, he's ultra successful. So wonderful for him. You know, you can also rent those interiors of, of planes, like the mock interior of a plane. So you can just take Instagram photos. So it looks like you're in a private jet. Can you really? Yeah. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. That's and it, like you, uh, yeah, that's crazy <laughs> for like 50 bucks. Probably. I don't know what it is. It's probably a couple hundred bucks. Oh man. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. So the point is, is I, I, my thing is, is that most wealthy people that have gotten and have understood their kind of relationship with money aren't posting their private jet photos on social media or their, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the people that I, that I know that are billionaires that yeah. I frequently hang out with don't do that. That's true. And so, and it's just, and, uh, I mean, when's the last time you saw Jeff Bezos post a, a thing of him getting on besides the paparazzi doing that? Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm not, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. That's what I'm trying to say is like, they, I don't know. I feel a little bit of judgment. <laughs> well, I think, I think the, the posting of it is to try to generate a different feeling to, to, to the whole point of me saying that is like, if you post that online and say, look, there's a difference. The posting is like, oh my God, this is the first experience. Somebody powered this plane. It was amazing. That comes across differently than you going, look how awesome I am. Look how much money I have. Because that what you're trying to do is trying to tell the world, my relationship with money is that I have more value the more money that I have. And I have well, more self-worth. Let's be honest. They're trying to sell products and sales tools. And that in Grant Cardone's thing. Yes, absolutely. Yes. yes. To, and that is an attraction yeah. method in order to do that. Yeah. It's a sales tactic. So part of it is understanding your own relationship with money. Do some journaling around this. So, so again, the, the thing is, is all those things are wonderful. Once you hit a certain number, according to the Gallup poll, 65, 75, 95 becomes satiation, 250, you actually work backwards. Any of those kind of, you're at these numbers, right? You're doing this. There's nothing wrong with getting a million dollars or two million or three million. In fact, if you want to, you should go and do that and build an extraordinary life there. Right? Just don't miss your opportunity to find the joy that's in the moment today. You've reached the end of another episode of Business Meets Spirituality. If you like what you heard and feel inspired to do so, please leave a review. It's awesome hearing from listeners like you. And remember, never give up on joy.